listeners. I'm Irene Barton, Executive Director of the Cobb Collaborative, and I welcome you to Mind Your Mind Speaks. This is a podcast series that brings together subject matter experts, community leaders, and local stakeholders to raise awareness, share resources, and inspire action through recorded conversations about the collaborative's focus areas. Today, we are delighted to welcome Chase Sanger to our program. Chase Chase works in Congressman Barry Loudermilk's office as a congressional staffer and is an Army veteran. So service to his country has been a big part of his life. But before we learn about all of that, let's learn a little bit more about Chase. Chase, welcome to the program. And can you share a little bit more about yourself with our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for having me on. Um, so I, I'm a Cobb County native. I um, grew up in Cobb. Um, I was born at uh, Northside Hospital and uh, went to Dominion Christian High School in West Cobb. And uh, from there, I, I went to uh, University of North Georgia, where I joined the Corps of Cadets and the Army ROTC program. And uh, I commissioned into the active duty Army out of there and got my political science degree. Um, so yeah, that's uh, just a, a quick nutshell <laughs> of uh, how I got started. I love that. And to find people who were actually born here, um, that's pretty rare because, you know, it seemed like for a while in Cobb County, the first thing that you ask people is, so where are you from? Where did you move from? So yeah, <laughs> that that's great. You're a Georgia peach, huh? <laughs> I am. <laughs> Well, Chase, thank you again for joining us on the show. So it's November, and there are many events and remembrances for veterans that occur during this month. And as you shared, and as we know, you are a retired officer in the Army. So let's begin our conversation um, by learning about your military service, which you touched on just a little bit. Did you always want to serve in the armed forces? Um, yeah, so, you know, I, I kind of did. I mean, it's uh, it's one of those things where pretty much all of the men in my family have served in the military, um, going all the way back to the Revolutionary War. Um, wow. I had a couple of ancestors that fought, uh, uh, you know, on the, on the right side of, the, of that war. <laughs> and, um, you know, that my great-grandfather was in World War I, um, and then my grandfather was in World War II, so... You know, I, I grew up spending a lot of time with my grandfather that was in World War mm-hmm. II. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he he was in the Army during World War II and then uh, came back and joined the Air National Guard when that was created. And, and then he and eventually active duty Air Force and he retired out of there. So just growing up and listening to his stories about service and uh, his time in the military. And, um, you know, it was just always something that kind of resonated with me and, um, something I always planned to do. Um, so that was, you know, the deciding factor of me going to University of North Georgia because they had what I think is probably the best uh, Army ROTC program in the country up there. And, um, yeah, so that uh, kind of propelled me into into service. So. Okay. Well, then walk us through, Che, and First of all, I want to thank your family um, and all the generations for serving our 
country. I mean, that's pretty remarkable that you can trace all the way back to the Revolutionary War, the colonial army um, under George Washington. That's um, that's pretty amazing. Wow. Um, yeah. And we're going to fast forward a couple of centuries there. And then <laughs> let's talk about, so you graduate from University of North Georgia, you're commissioned into the army. So then yeah. where did your career take you? Yeah, so I uh, I volunteer for a program called Branch Detail. And that's basically where uh, the army gives you like the branch of your choice. And, you know, for that, then you give them three years in a branch where they really need more junior officers, more lieutenants. So, um so when I commissioned, I commissioned as a chemical officer, which was what the army needed. Um, and I thought it was kind of funny because I was like, you know, I'm a political science guy. And the, the hardest science courses that I took were astronomy during my time here in North Georgia. And they're like, oh, no, don't worry. They'll teach you everything you need to know. So off I went to uh, Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, where the army's chemical school is. And, um, you know, they really do. I mean, they, you know, they go through all the different, um, you know, we had a chemical, uh, biological, radiological, nuclear. So they pretty much teach you, you know, a very condensed version of all these different subjects. And the whole idea is that you're learning how to defend against different types of attacks using those different weapons. Okay. Uh, so it was, it was very interesting. Um, something I never thought that I would do, but, um, so that, you know, I went out to Fort Leonard Wood and, and then graduated my officer basic course. And um, my first duty station I'd actually requested uh, was Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and uh, the 82nd Airborne Division. Um, because when I was a cadet in North Georgia, I had actually already gone through airborne school and was a uh, you know, paratrooper. So I was mm -hmm. like, well, it'd be kind of cool to actually go back and use that and like jump out of planes again. <laughs> so, um, so I got to go to Fort Bragg and... Uh, uh, I was in the uh, 4th Brigade combat team for the 82nd Airborne up there and um, really enjoyed it. Uh, it was a great okay. unit. Um, you know, there's always something new and exciting going on. And, and that unit kind of has the mission of being the, uh, the country's strategic response force so that if you know something happens somewhere in the world and parts of the division can be, you know, wheels up within 18 hours yeah. and jumping into some foreign country somewhere. So uh, it was just a really cool place to be as a, as a young officer. And, um, and, uh, and yeah, so I, I, you know, after that job, the, um, it was kind of during the drawdown when they, they were trying to reduce numbers of the force and my brigade was actually slated to inactivate. So we had to figure out how to get rid of all of our equipment and personnel and, transfer people and property into other units around Fort Bragg and other places. So um, the job that I had when that came up, I was the executive officer for a uh, headquarters company and it was actually called a battery and an artillery unit. So I was responsible for the headquarters and all the people and property. So I had to figure out how to transfer all of that stuff. So that was another great opportunity, something that a lot of people never get a chance to do. Um, it's not very often that units inactivate like that. Yeah. Um, so it was, uh, it, it really taught me a lot of problem solving skills and uh, thinking outside the box. <laughs> so. I'm sure. 
So you right. have been a, a mad chemist, a mad scientist. You've been a logistical <laughs> um, coordinator. You've jumped out of airplanes. You, the uh, military really exposed you to lots of different opportunities to build skills, huh? <laughs> it, it definitely did. Um, it, it's uh, taught me resilience, if nothing else. So. <laughs> Well, and thank you for saying that since we do a lot of resilience um, building work at the collaborative. So thank you. But um, yeah. Chase, you sustained injuries while serving our country, and that injury really changed the course of the rest of your life. And I want to be sensitive to you, but would you share to the extent that you're comfortable um, about that experience? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I actually got hurt on one of my uh, jumps at Fort Bragg, and um, you know, this particular day, the winds were really too high for us to be doing it. But it was something that had been planned for a long time. Um, there were, you know, lots of aircraft and people and things involved. So we, you know, it it went on anyway. Mm -hmm. But um, I just I, I landed the the complete wrong way. The wind. I got a gust of wind right at the last minute. So I ended up landing up pretty much on my back and you know, oh. my helmet hit the ground and then hit my neck and um, I got knocked unconscious. So um, yeah, so I, I sustained a traumatic brain injury from that. And um, you know, the initial symptoms and stuff from, from the injury kind of went away pretty quickly. But then it was about a week later that I was going for a, a run and I noticed that my leg just like had a slight like tremor that uh, came up while I was running. And I thought that was really odd. Mm -hmm. And then from there, just other stuff started happening, other like neurological symptoms that I didn't really know what they were at the time. And, um, and neither did any of the like the army doctors or, you know, I went to a couple of different army hospitals and then. Uh, finally, I, an army doctor was like, you know what, I think we're going to refer you to a civilian doctor because I have no idea what's going on. And um, it wasn't until then that I finally started getting like some type of treatment to start counteracting some of the symptoms and things that I was having. Uh -huh. But um, yeah, so that was uh, that was a long process because um, I actually I did a permanent change of station from Fort Bragg to Fort Hood, Texas, while all this was kind of going on in the background and um, and then eventually went through a medical evaluation board out at Fort Hood, and um, you know they're like, you know, we're you know we we realize we've messed you up pretty bad with this with this wow. accident, so we're going to medically retire you. Okay. Um, you know, which allows me to keep the military uh, Tricare health coverage, and um, you know, I get a pension from the VA, mm -hmm. and. Uh, still have my blue ID card, my retired ID card with the military. So yeah, it is kind of the, you know, the best of a bad situation, I guess. Um, and that just kind of, you know, propelled me into my next um, career. But um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of what happened there. <laughs> yeah. So, wow. But for a gust of wind, um, I guess things would be different. That's, did you have yeah. a hard time accepting that or? Um, are you a fairly pragmatic individual and like, well, this is the hand that I've been dealt? Yeah, you know, so that's actually uh, something at the time, you know, I, 
I found it pretty easy to deal with, or I thought it, you know, it was, it was easy to deal with because like, okay, this is the problem. What do we need to do to fix it? Uh-huh. Uh, let's like, okay, now let's move on to the next thing. And I just didn't really deal with it at the time. And, you know, it wasn't until um, really late 2019. Yeah, so this, I got medically retired in May, May of 2016. Okay. So fast forward to 2019, and uh, I'm on a tour uh, down at the, the Shepherd Center at the Share Military Initiative mm-hmm. with uh, my now boss, Congressman Loudermilk, and you know, hearing about all the services that they provide and things like that there. And, and then I started to realize, you know, like, I really need this. Like, this is something yeah. that I could really benefit from. And um, so I was able to get into that program. Okay. And, um yeah, and that yeah, I mean, it wasn't really until I went through that program and was talking to with the, you know, with the counselor and with all these different clinicians from different areas that I really dealt with, you know, what uh, what had happened to me, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I just I'm forever forever grateful to all the the folks down there at the Share Military Initiative uh, for you know what they did to help me, um, you know, get to where I could, you know, accept what happened and then you know move on and grow and learn from it and yeah. you know, hopefully share with other people that are going through a similar issue that, you know, it's, it's not the end of the world if, you know, the, you can't be in the military anymore. So. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, thank you for being um, transparent enough to share with us about that. And you're right. They do amazing work down there. Um, not just for, um, veterans for all people, but particularly that veterans initiative is really something. So, um, so you alluded to um, the congressman, and I can't remember exactly the first time you and I met Chase, but I'm sure it has to be at a community meeting because we, you attend a lot of those just like I do. <laughs> so, how yeah. did you end up working um, in the congressman's office? Yeah, so uh, so I was living out in Texas, so when I when I got out of the, the army, I moved from Fort Hood up to Fort Worth, and I was working for uh, Texas A&M School of Law up there, and I was doing running their global programs office, and I've been doing that for about three years, and I was you know really looking to move back to Georgia because my entire family's in Georgia, um, so you know we were just I was out there in Texas, kind of isolated. And I was on USA Jobs. I'd been looking at federal stuff, and um, I ran across something called a Wounded Warrior Fellowship Program, mm-hmm. and saw that they had an opening in uh, in Georgia. And I was like, "Oh, this, this is actually my home congressional district." It was, you know, Phil Gingrey's old district from when I was growing up around here. And so I applied to it. I didn't really think much of it. I was like, "You know, there's I'm sure there's hundreds of people that applied for this thing," and then. Um, ended up getting an email back that, hey, we'd like to do an interview. And, and then I did uh, a phone interview uh, with the district director, um, Wayne Dodd. And then the next day I did a phone interview with uh, the congressman. And so, you know, fast forward, they said, well, we'd like to have you come on board. So within mm-hmm. a month of applying for the position, I was here in Georgia working on the job. Wow, that quickly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, very unusual for the government to move that, that fast. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was just uh, a lot of things aligned for that to happen. And um, so the, the Wounded Warrior Fellowship was two years long. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
and I've been on Barry's uh, official staff for you know the last two and a half years since then. So okay, so um, you transitioned yeah. from the fellowship into a staff role. So yes. Okay. Yeah, so uh, yeah, and it and I'm doing pretty much the same exact job. It's just a different title now, but um, mm -hmm. I'm a field representative. So mm -hmm. my job is basically community relations and make sure folks know what kind of things the congressman is working on in DC, and then find out locally, you know, what problems folks are having, and and try to connect them with resources. So. Yeah. Well, and that's when um, you and I often end up meeting in the community because that's some of what the collaborative does too. So excellent. Yeah. Um, Chase, what's one thing that would surprise people to learn about veterans? And I know that's probably such an open-ended question. <laughs> so it, it might is, be yeah. just, just one thing. So, Well, you know, I think it would be, it's something that would surprise people that maybe haven't been around veterans very much or, you know, don't know any personally, but I would probably say uh, resilience and uh, the ability to bounce back from a, a problem or, um, you know, hit some kind of roadblock or obstacle and then find other courses of action to to manage that and get around it. Um, you know, I interact with a lot of different veterans now, you know, in this job. And I think mm -hmm. that's something that it doesn't matter what branch you served in, like you veterans in general are usually very resilient people. So. Yeah. You know, now that you um, characterize it that way, I have absolutely no problem agreeing with you. I know some of the folks that come into the Connecting Cobb Veterans Space, which is at the Vector Center, you know, that's a uh, that's an adjective that would very easily describe those folks, right? Like, I'm transitioning from military to education or from this phase of my life to this phase. And yeah, it's sort of like, let's figure out how I'm going to do this. And, you know, resilience is that ability to bounce back and um, figure out what resources you need to do that bounce back. So. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Thank you. So in Cobb County, we are so fortunate to have a very large veteran population. We're um, one of the counties um, in Georgia that enjoys that. There are other counties as well because we are we do have a number of military bases here in Georgia. What are some ways that people can be involved right here in our community to support veterans and their families? Um, yes, I mean, there's a, you know, there's a ton of ways, um, but, I, you know, I think one of the best ones is the Connecting Cobb Veterans Group that you guys have going on. Um, you know, and I would say, yeah, there's a lot of different veteran stakeholders that show up, but uh, people that are just interested in helping veterans, I think, would get a lot out of those meetings because you've got so many people in the room from all these different organizations that, um, you know, have, would have a a specific way to plug in and, and directly assist. So I think that would be a great way. Um, you know, you have the Cobb Veterans Memorial Foundation, which uh, is raising money right now for uh, the uh, big memorial right next to the Civic Center in Marietta. And, um, you know, they're doing some great work. And there's a lot that they're going to be able to do once the, I think that memorial is built to assist veterans and, and help people find 
the right resources. Um, and then, you know, I have to give a plug to uh, the Shepherd's Men, um, which which is the uh, the organization that raises all the funding for the Share Military Initiative mm-hmm. at Shepherd Center. And, um, you know, they do a run every year where they'll they actually run with 22 pounds of body armor, which is, you know, symbolic of the 22 veterans a day that commit suicide. And they they start up in uh, New York, I believe, and run all the way back to to Atlanta to the Shepherd Center to raise awareness for that. So, wow. um, yeah, those three would be the, the three ways that I would recommend folks plug in and, mm-hmm. and get involved. Yeah. And Chase, thank you for mentioning the statistic around suicide in the veterans community. We know that that's a particular vulnerable population for all kinds of reasons. And so I'll just add something that people can do is to go through a gatekeeper training, whether it's question, persuade, refer, which we offer on a regular basis, um, or the mental health first aid classes. Um, There are some online programs that people can go through themselves, you know, kind of on demand. So because we definitely need to reduce that number. Um, and it's, you know, so much of it is all about just having a, a connection um, for for the veteran to know that, you know, for the veteran to know that he or she is important to so many people um, and that that permanent solution to a temporary problem is not not the answer that any of us want to see. So, yeah, absolutely. Thanks. So I think it's fair to say that there are several ways to share of your time, talent, and treasure to support the (laughs) veteran community um, and their families. You know, we often, um, you know, some of those family members are in, end up being in a primary caretaker role, or, you know, they might be having some secondary traumatic stress themselves um, by seeing their loved one deal with things. So we want to also remember that um, we need to build their resiliency up too, don't we? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Well, Chase, as our time together draws to a close, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you would like to share? Uh, You know, I don't think so. I think we've pretty much covered everything. Okay. Well, um, I um, definitely want to thank you most importantly, for your service to our country during your active military days. Um, I want to thank you for your service to our community now, because you are often, um, the the days are long, I think, for you (laughs) with all the the things and people, um, I'm going to guess, probably more often reach out to you with a problem than with a thanks. <laughs> so, uh, so. Yes, unfortunately, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yes. So I'm going to tell you, thank you for being there uh, um, and representing our our government and uh, the congressman, of course, um, with such in- integrity. Um, so thank you for that. And thank you for joining us today um, on the program. And we looking forward to a a variety of opportunities to celebrate and lift up all that veterans have done, continue to do, and will do, future veterans will do 
um, for our country and for our communities. So, um, but, and I think you'll agree with me on this. We also want to remind people that, you know, November is just one month. There are 11 more months out of the year. <laughs> it's not just May and November that we need to remember folks, you know, people, um, need to build resiliency and um, get connected to resources all 12 months out of the year. So plenty of opportunities there. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, in addition to all of the things that I've been sharing, I want to also thank our listeners for tuning in today. And to be sure that you don't miss any future episodes, please subscribe to our Mind Your Mind podcast. Also, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Tune in next time as we continue to empower and engage our community through conversations about important and critical issues. Until next time, please stay well and remember there is no health without mental health.